Just like that, final hour is here. Wednesday edition, Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Andrea Kramer will join us in just a moment as we kick off the final hour after the final Real Sports Chat. Yeah, one of my favorite shows over the years. 29 years, uh, 19 or 28 years, 1990, 29 seasons. 1995 was when that show started, and uh, I've, uh, I've, I've hit record all for yeah. years on that on my HBO subscription and watched it throughout. So sad to see uh, what is an institution in sports media going away with that show, but yeah. terrific final episode that's highlighted and the most newsworthy piece I think so far out of it was the great Andrea Kramer's profile of Jim Ursa. Yeah. And you know what we also lack now is the true like digging and reporting. So many networks yeah. are doing away with that. You know, it's more about entertaining than actual facts and, you know, the, having the, the daily beat of, you know, the, the days of uh, the Pedro Gomez's following oh, I, one player, gone. Just watching the, um, at the end of the episode, Bryant Gumbel previewing their look back at the entire series for their Christmas episode to end yeah. it all. And the amount of times people are getting like threatened, reporters are in situations they're in, uh, facing tear gas. I yeah. mean, we're talking about legitimate... Hard level journalism that went on with that show for years and years. Uh, crazy to see all the different situations they've been in. And a legitimate hard level journalist oh, yeah. is joining us right now. How would you describe our previous visits with Andrea Kramer, Chad? Uh, enlightening every, every single yeah. time. Andrea Kramer is one of the best at what she does uh, in the business. And uh, her profiles have been one of the highlights of HBO Real Sports over the years. And every single time she knocks it out of the park. She did once again in this latest episode with Jim Irsay and Andrea is joining us uh, right now. Andrea, really appreciate you taking the time to join us. It aired last night. It's available uh, on demand, streaming everywhere right now for everyone. Great job once again with this profile of Jim Irsay. Thank you so much, Chad. And I want you to know that only for you, the <laughs> night before Thanksgiving, when I have 30 people coming to my house tomorrow and I, I, just to share a little bit too much information, one of my goals in life is to never cook a turkey. That's what men are for. Thank God for my husband. <laughs> but I produce Thanksgiving, so I have to have everything perfect, but only for you. That's all I can say. Well, <laughs> I, I thank you for that, Andrea. Uh, I it, say the it, same it, thing for the, Chad, the, too, the by the way. Andrea, only week, for Chad. Yeah, yeah. He only goes on, on camera for me, too. So <laughs> we appreciate that. Appreciate you doing this. Um, but thank you. You're, you've always shown great interest in the work that we've done on real sports. And I heard you lamenting a little bit as as in in the intro. Uh, yes, we we just want to go out strong and and remind people that there's a huge need for long form TV sports journalism. And uh, I wish it wasn't our last show of original stories, but we have another show in December, the year end show with all the correspondents. But um yeah, the the RCA piece. I'm 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 pretty proud of the effort that uh, our our production team did with it. Well, and I hope the show or some version of a show like that with with you people involved with that it could have new life elsewhere. There's a lot of different options out there as well. So maybe that will pick up and we'll have more long form sports journalism that way. Specifically with this RCA piece, how surprised were you when he said that he was targeted? Because he is a white billionaire by the police. Because I thought your follow-up questions to that were were perfect on that one. And I'm pretty sure you knew that once he said it, because you even told him that, that's what people are going to be talking about after he made that quote. Well, I, I was surprised because there's a lot of 
things, as we know, that people of that ilk may think, but they just don't say it. And I think that that's part of who Jim is, Jim Mercy is authentically, in that he's going to say what comes into his mind. The filter isn't there. I thought that it was important to point out, you know, anytime from an from a, an interviewing standpoint, I know you guys know this, whenever somebody says something and then you repeat their words back to them, you run the risk of them of them pulling back on it. Well, I didn't really mean that, da 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 da. And but I felt that it was important enough to to not just make sure that he heard reiterated what he was saying, but that to address the issue of the implications for it. And uh as you heard, he doubled down on it. It's what he truly believes. It's the one time in a very lengthy interview that he got extremely animated. Uh, he kept really repeating this over and over again. And it, uh, it, it's, it's just what he believes wholeheartedly. So 1987, and you played clips of this, you did an NFL Films profile on a, a very young uh, Jim Irsay starting out. From 87 to 2023, uh, what was the biggest takeaway in terms of your conversations with him over that span of time? Well, uh, I'm, I'm just glad that I didn't get too much pushback on the 80s hair. And I warned you that I was, I love you, but I'm not putting on makeup today. But boy, 80s hair, woo! what can we say about that? Uh, the thing that struck me the most is just how he's aged. It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, to see somebody that was so spry and then someone who was just really uh, body broken down and and just you, I, I, I can't even imagine what the toll that's taken on him, but you, you saw it so, so strongly there. What I th- think was interesting is that the two themes that were in our story back in 1987 about music and about powerlifting are two themes that led to the breakdown of his body as well as something that that continues to be so hugely important in his life today which is which is playing music and i kind of joke with him at one point i go Okay, so when we're in your basement in 1987 and you're playing with your pals, are you ever thinking that you're going to be playing before 25,000 people with, you know, Peter Wolf from Jay Giles and Ann Wilson from Hard and and John Cougar Mellencamp, that you're going to be the one front and center, the man in black channeling your inner Johnny Cash at at Lucas Oil Stadium or at, at the Boston Garden or wherever it was. It's it's. You know, it's it's quite this trip that that he has that he has made. It's really it's really kind of amazing when you when you look at it. The memorabilia that he's collected too is incredible. Um, is there something that he covets that he hasn't been able to pay for and purchase at an auction? And I'm, 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 yeah, I'm assuming no. And what's the most he spent on something? Yeah, for those who haven't seen it yet, the the collection is unbelievable of the music memorabilia or uh, sports memorabilia for that matter it's, that he owns it, movies well, everything it's sports history and pop culture that's that's basically what it is and you know what um i actually have a list which i'm not gonna be able to pull out in time of of what he did pay for a lot of these a lot of these items there's 
you know, there's there are things that are very meaningful to him, uh, whether it's from his childhood or uh, in the case of the Beatles drum set uh, that that that's actually in his office. And believe it or not. Two days before our main sit down interview, Ringo Starr was in Jim's office and there he is by the his own drum kit that kind of like really blew Jim's mind a, a little bit but the collection is believed he says the collection is worth 1.1 over 1.1 billion dollars and he says that based on an offer that he's gotten that he said he turned down within 24 hours for the collection i think what's not only is it incredibly eclectic and really interesting but when Jim performs with his band, the Jim Mercer collection, which is this, which is the majority of these of these artifacts, if you will, travels with him, and it's completely free. You can go anywhere, and you get the concert for free, and you you get to tour basically this traveling museum that he's created for free, because that's one thing he did not want to he didn't want people to pay for anything. And let me tell you, can you imagine what it must cost to rent out Boston Garden on a Saturday night? Goodness. Because that's what it was when when he was in Boston. And again, he's got the garden, so he's got the the playing venue, and then throughout the throughout the um, concourses is where all of the memorabilia is is located. The Jack Kerouac scroll actually travels with its own caretaker, and he that person wow. is the only person allowed to roll it up. And un and unwind it, and even when it's unwound, it's not at its full length. So Ursay takes real care. He takes very good care of the items. He they are literally his treasures. And uh, but as we pointed out in the in the in our story, in our real sports story, the thing that personally is probably the most meaningful to him is the entire collection of Alcoholics Anonymous the entire bound series of of volumes, which he maintains if he had not gone through Alcoholics Anonymous and still goes to meetings today. And if not for all that, he thinks he would be dead, very simply. How important was it to you to get Peyton Manning to, to be a part of this piece? And, and how gracious was he with his time? Because I, I thought he added some good light to the relationship of really what was the franchise savior, and Peyton Manning that got him his Super Bowl championship with the Colts. And it was interesting with their relationship. And maybe one of the highlights of the piece for me was uh, when Peyton Manning played one of the voice memos that was sent. And he even had the time. He said, this is a short one. It's only six minutes long that, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, he would like send to him. Long, typically. Yeah. yeah. So what, what happened, I think, is, is, is interesting. So we were actually sitting in the green room of Lucas Oil Stadium waiting for the concert to begin, my whole crew and I. My producer, Maggie Burbank, says, um, um, why don't we try to get Peyton? And I go, yeah, right. We're going to get Peyton. She goes, no, why don't, why don't we just, why don't we try? So I subscribe to the theory, ask the worst somebody could say is no. Um, I email Peyton, and I know that the email goes to him directly. doesn't go to one of his handlers. I email him directly. No joke. Within the hour, he emails me back. I'm in. When do you want to do it? What's your deadline? You'll come to Denver. You want to do it at my office. You want to do it at the Broncos. How much time will you need? It was it was amazing. I couldn't believe 
how all in he was on it. And I think that that does speak to the relationship that he has with with Ursa, because look, we know that Peyton is running this incredible media empire, but he really does not sit down for one-on-one interviews. So the fact that he did do it for Jim to talk about Jim in in a pretty wide-ranging way, I think is is significant. So we finished the interview and maybe we ran a little bit longer than we might have, especially once we got our walking shot. So Peyton's sitting there on his phone. And I and I, I'm assuming he's, you know, because he's pretty busy guy and I assume he might be texting somebody I'm running a little bit late or whatever so I go okay well you know Peyton's got to go here and he goes oh wait a minute wait a minute I'm looking for a voice memo for you and I go what (laughs) so he pulls out the voice memo starts playing it and my producer I sort of look at my producer and she goes can we shoot it he goes yeah that's fine so uh that's where we got that little scene from and it was it was just really funny because that is who Jim he just he he loves to leave voice memos. They can be pretty rambling. And uh, we saw it firsthand with Peyton. Andrew Kramer, our guest, you, you mentioned earlier to begin like this, just the importance of long form form journalism and leaving uh, this final season with something to remember for the viewers. What, what, what's the next generation, two generations from now, Andrea, going to think about long form journalism as we know it? Well, the thing that I hope is that they think that it's still really vital and that it's still an important point of their media consumption. I know that a number of outlets will put bite-sized pieces on a YouTube channel that may link to something longer. And then the premium is placed on making those little bite-sized pieces as tasty as possible so that you want more. But you know, look, Jim Ursay had done a number of print pieces, but he'd never done any long form TV. And I think that this is a story that typifies you really want to see somebody. You want to you want to hear their voice. You want to look at their expressions. You want to look in their eyes or not if they're averting your gaze. And so I just it, I, I think that TV, whatever, whatever, does that word even mean anything anymore? Video journalism is still hugely important. And I, I maybe I'm just a dinosaur. I, I have to hope that it still has a place and still plays a vital role. And of course, you know, not just sports, but all journalism in general, the, the idea of speaking truth to power, but that's a whole nother issue. But I, I just I just have to hope. I cannot lose hope that long-form TV journalism, long-form video journalism is is going to go away. Andrea, this may be goodbye to HBO Real Sports. This is not goodbye to you. Thank you so much for being such a great friend uh, to this show over the years. And job well done. Well, I'm proud of you. Look at you. you and everyone. Started, yeah, we got cameras and everything. Look at you, yeah. you know? Come on. Cameras and everything. It's it's amazing <laughs> that they, they let I, us you know in what I, You know what I feel like? You know what I feel like, Chad? I feel like you're the assistant coach that I always knew – when he might have been quality control, and then he becomes a coordinator, and then he's a head coach. And look at you now. Here you are. I am the John Shire to your Mike Krzyzewski. That, that, that is for sure. <laughs> Andrew, seriously, like thank that. you so much for everything. Uh, we're going to have you back on. Yes. Again, this is not goodbye. And I know if long-form journalism and sports has a place anywhere, you're going to be a big part of it. So thank yes. you again so much. And great job. We recommend everyone go and watch on HBO right now. 
Real Sports and especially your profile with Jim Irsay. And happy Thanks again and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much, guys. To you and all your listeners, stay healthy and have a lovely Thanksgiving. Take good care. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Andrea. Thanks, Andrea. One of the best right there. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I love her answer, too. I I also have to believe that long-form journalism isn't going to be... There's value in it. We you know? need everyone to understand the value yes. in it. That's, that's the key. The consumer Absolutely. has to understand the value Check in it. Check out the value by checking out this episode of HBO Real Sports. It's really good. Coming up, one big thing. On every NFL game for Week 12, we'll kick things off with the three games tomorrow for your Thanksgiving. Tom, I was headed with Row across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location uh, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Chad. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Hutton. We'll be able to give a toast here in a bit. You know what I'm going to do? Go ahead. Two Thanksgiving dinners. All right. Tonight, I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner at home. Uh, for a long time, one of my pet peeves was, no offense to any one of my family, I've gone to the same place for uh, Thanksgiving every year, but no my, offense, my mother makes the turkey, and then right. we drive it 40 minutes away to my uncle's house, oh, and uncle's house. I know where you're going. And it's never hot. Like By the time I put turkey on my plate, it's cold turkey with cold gravy on it. And just in the last few years, I said, you know... Doesn't hit the same. I see all these grocery store commercials and all these holiday commercials and it's always like the Clark Griswold type dad carving up the turkey and it's hot fresh out of the oven yeah. and all the fixings are right there I'm like I'd love to have a hot turkey out of the oven and consume it that way it's old a, school style it's another thing that Andrea Kramer loves about you so, <laughs> yeah. she you know she's else, not cooking the turkey that's right Andrea Kramer's husband uh, prepares their turkey <laughs> but you know who else uh, prefers her turkey hot it is Andrea Kramer, just like me. And so uh, the night before Thanksgiving now, we have our own little Thanksgiving feast. This started probably four or five years ago. So I'm going to double up on Thanksgiving dinner. We'll do that, one tonight, Chad. and then we'll uh, go you to the family that. family gathering tomorrow. Chad, also tomorrow, plenty of uh, NFL flavor. You got three games, divisional matchups. It's time for one big thing on every NFL game for Week 12. No teams on a bye. No, not on Thanksgiving week. 90 games so far this season have been decided by one score or less. Eight points or less. Only 2016 and 2022 have had more games decided by one score or less entering week 12 than this week. They're scoring more points in those seasons, though. Three divisional matchups served up on Thanksgiving Day. We've got another one now on Friday, Black Friday. You got seven other divisional matchups Sunday and Monday combined. Thanksgiving Day, Packers on the road against the Detroit Lions. The last time the Lions started 8 and 2 was way back in 1962. And they improved their record at 8 and 2 to 9 and 2 with a win over the Green Bay Packers. The Lions have a chance for a fifth straight victory in this series against Green Bay. And it's the Lions' first game as a favorite on Thanksgiving Day since 2016. Been a while. Uh, how 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 long? How long of a while was it, Hutton? 1962, JFK was still president. Today, November 22nd, 2023, is the 60th anniversary of his assassination. And it was wow. a year before that was the last time we're talking about a Lions team this good. Uh, Detroit 8-0 as the favorite on Thanksgiving over the past 30 years. 
Commanders hit the road on Thanksgiving. Dallas always hosts. Dallas at 7-3. Washington at 4-7. The Cowboys are seeking their 13th straight home win. The Dallas streak of 12 consecutive home wins, the second longest in franchise history. The longest is 18 games back in the 70s, uh, late 70s, early 80s there. The Commanders, they're the first team to lose a quarterback who's... Uh, to lose to a quarterback, Tommy DeVito, whose mom uh, still makes meatloaf, makes his bed for their son. I don't know. <laughs> Tommy uh, Tommy DeVito became the first quarterback to yell in in their home, "Ma, the that's meatloaf." That's my note of the Commanders. That's uh, that's it. That's that's the white quarterback is one in the NFL while living in his mom's parents' basement. It's Tommy DeVito. That he, would be an amazing stat to find. What Washington. other quarterbacks live with their parents have won games in the NFL? Yeah, yeah. not many. Uh, Tommy DeVito did, and uh, you know who knows if, where is uh, what he's named after. You know, well, maybe it's Tommy Boy, Jack. Could be. Maybe it's Tommy Boy. Failure to launch. Also one of his uh, favorite movies. There. Matthew McConaughey, very underrated rom-com actor. That Matthew McConaughey. Very Seahawks good. hosting the 49ers. Seven of the last twelve NFC Championship games are either represented by the 49ers. Or the Seahawks. It's crazy. Playing for a Super Bowl berth. We're seeing it here. Seahawks just playing for, you know, scratching and clawing to continue to claim their spot. And they're going to be in the playoffs, I think. But where? Where are they going to be seated? 49ers are 2-0 since they've traded and acquired Chase Young. Nick Bosa and Young combined. Well, they're hitting the quarterback. And they have two and a half sacks and five quarterback hits uh, over the last two weeks combined. Brock Purdy... Join Joe Montana as the only quarterbacks in 49ers history with a perfect passer rating in a game. And his numbers have been good. He went through that three-game stretch where he wasn't great. And you had, like, Shannon Sharp saying, he's not elite. No one's claiming that he's elite. But he leads the NFL in, let's see, completion percentage. Also leads the league in yards per attempt. And to put the yards per attempt in perspective, he's at 9.7 yards per attempt. No one else in the league is even above eight and a half yards per attempt. They've got weapons, and Purdy is one of them, believe it or not. Black Friday matchup. Dolphins, Jets. The Jets averaged 9.3 points per game since their bye week. Zach Wilson sacked 19 times in those four games. He was benched for Tim Boyle. And this is all you need to know about the Jets. Over the last three games, they have almost as many penalties, Chad, as they do points. No wonder Robert Sala is pleading the fifth on what to do at the quarterback spot. Uh, not, I mainly want to watch this game to see what Black Friday deals are during the breaks <laughs> with the interactive portion of Prime Video where you can click on it yeah. and you can only get the deal by doing that. I, I want to just in practice to actually do one of these deals and try to buy it and see the process and how it works. I'm more interested in that than watching the Jets' offense. Saints and Falcons is where we'll start on Sunday slate. Five and five against four and six, divisional matchup. The last seven weeks of the season could determine the arc of the, of the careers, really, of Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Neither has a winning record during their tenure there. And now they face a team that in New Orleans that should be winning more than they are, especially in this division. Um, and they've had a bye week to prepare for this matchup. It's a big game for New Orleans. 
New Orleans has won five in a row in Atlanta. That's where they'll play on Sunday. Bengals are hosting the Steelers. Are the Steelers actually going to lose to a backup quarterback for the second consecutive week? Cincinnati, they're with Jake Browning now. And they've had a few extra days to prepare for Pittsburgh and that pass rush. We'll see. It's a matchup, though, of two teams that lead the NFL in turnover differential. Steelers are plus 11. They're first in the league. And Cincinnati's plus 10, tied with San Francisco. And Matt Canada's finally fired. What does that mean for what we're going to see from Pickett and this offense? Are they going to actually throw and attempt passes? You mentioned Purdy. Are they going to attempt passes longer than five yards down the field? Texans and Jags. Chad, 6-4 and four, Houston, hosting 7-3 and three, Jacksonville for control of the AFC South. The Texans have won three straight games. That's the longest streak for them since they won nine in a row in 2018. This doesn't happen often. They've got the quarterback to do it, though. They keep winning. And the most impressive part is they're doing that when C.J. Stroud is still making some rookie mistakes and issues. He's throwing picks, uh, interceptions, costly turnovers, and specifically when they're coming in games. But then he makes up for it with game-winning drives. Three straight of those. NFL teams are a combined 11 and 48 this year when they turn the ball over at least three times. The Texans are 2 and 0. The 31 other teams are 9 and 48. Calvin really back in the mix there for Jackson. And remember what happened the last time the Texans and the Jags played this season. Was not pretty for Jacksonville. That's yeah, that's another good point. Going for going for 2 and 0 this year. Colts are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Colts are 5 and 5. Tampa is 4 and 6. The Buccaneers have lost 5 of the last 6 games. That includes Three one-score losses. But the lack of the running game there is the main problem, at least for me. Tampa, last in the league, they're averaging less than 80 yards per game rushing. Michael Pittman, he's really picked up the pace this year. And what he's doing with Indianapolis is on pace for just what he's done with uh, in, in the seven games. Seven, seven games this season of eight or more receptions. The only other player to do that in Colts history is Marvin Harrison. And maybe we'll see Marvin Harrison Jr. on display, do something like that uh, in the uh, Michigan-Ohio State matchup. Uh, by the way, 13 division games, and you've got a bad record here for what we're going to see between Tampa and Indianapolis out of conference. Giants and Patriots, Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. Mac Jones says it's the plan whenever he was asked if he was going to start. That's the plan, but we'll have to wait until Sunday. The Giants won last week, despite the fact Tommy DeVito was sacked nine times. Chad, beaten up. That's it. Both teams. That's all you need to see here. Just put this game out of its misery. Uh, that's what I, I think about when I see the matchup of these Would two teams Would you say right the now. same for Titans and Panthers? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm hoping this is the, a quick preview. The, it is. The Titans have averaged 12 points per game over this three-game losing streak. The Panthers 0-5 on the road this year. Titans 3-0 at home. For what, I th for what it's worth there. Late afternoon kickoffs, Cardinals and Rams. The Rams crushed the Cardinals. 26-9 was the final score back in week six. This is the game, though, that actually features Kyler Murray. The Rams are 8-0 against the spread in their last eight go games played in Arizona. Broncos and Browns matchup. Browns are 7-3. The Broncos are at 5-5. Five Four straight wins for the Broncos. And it looks like Sean Payton, hey, he's fixed Russell Wilson. He now takes on the Browns' defense that is carrying Cleveland without Deshaun Watson or Nick Chubb. Raiders and Chiefs. 
Raiders somehow remain in the mix. The Chiefs, here's the stat you need to know. This is crazy. The Chicago Bears have scored more points this season than the Kansas City Chiefs. Whoa. Look it up if you don't believe me. The Eagles wow. and the Bills. The Eagles and the Bills match up on Sunday. Philadelphia coming into this game on a short week after beating the Chiefs on Monday night. After playing Buffalo in Week 12, the Eagles will have two NFC matchups that are massive for that number one overall seat. 49ers and then the Cowboys. Josh Allen, he's thrown a pick in seven straight games. Chargers and Ravens, it's cliche to say this. Turnover battle here. Who wins the turnover battle? Both teams have a knack for converting turnovers into points. The Ravens have scored 61 points off of takeaways. That's third in the NFL. The Chargers have 52 points off of takeaways. And last week for the Chargers, it wasn't necessarily bad coaching or bad quarterback play. It was... A fourth down drop, a third down drop, a drop in the end zone, and a, a drop at the end of the game that might have gone for a 70-yard touchdown. Vikings and Bears, Chad, on Monday Night Football. The Vikings have won five in a row in this NFC North rivalry. Three of those games have been one-score games. Don't write off Chicago on the betting line here because with Justin Fields back, they're, they're in game. Just ask Detroit this past Sunday. The last time the Bears, though, beat a team with a winning record, week five in 2021 against the three and two Raiders. So I'm not saying take the money line here. What I am saying, whatever this line ends up being on Monday, don't let it fool you, even though I would back Josh Dobbs and the Vikings at home on Monday night. That's one big thing on every NFL game for week 12. Hutton, is this the final game for Brandon Staley with the Chargers? If they drop to four and seven. Against the Ravens at home. Um, see, I thought if, if you're going to make a change, when do you do it? You normally do it on a, a week where you have a long weekend. You have some yeah. turnover there. Um, Not on a, after a Sunday I mean, night I, game? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, Chad, it'll, it'll be after the season or right before the end of the season. And I'm hopeful for that because I want to see how, I want to see how bad Staley is at handling the heat that's coming his way now. Yeah, now that he's, he's been awful. Now so that far. he's fired off at the mouth in that press conference, I want to see if he continues to double down uh, on all of that. Uh, so which comes first? He gets fired or he's not the defensive play caller? Because he said, fired. I'm calling he's, plays. Yeah, he's he's now he has drawn the line in the sand and said, This is how I'm going out. He's not going to make that move. So they're going to have to fire him. He's not going to hand over defensive play calling responsibilities to anyone else. That's not going to happen. Uh, this is, I mean, I've, I've said this this week. Uh, Herbert is 29 and 30 overall. And he's, if we're listing quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks, and then that next tier, like the very close, he's right there. I'd love to see Phillip Rivers' record at the exact same point. 59 games into his career. What, what was his record? Yeah, I mean. Because that's kind of, it's the easy comparison with both of them being chargers, but. The knock with Rivers was really good quarterback that was never great we are, we are, and never and, had great teams. But it's it's it, you know what though it's it's a great comparison because if we're comparing Herbert to the other quarterbacks, that's what we did with Rivers. Yeah, you know he's there with Brady and Manning and Roethlisberger, and he was never that. And Herbert's right there. But he's in very the good. AFC with you know uh, you've got Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen's now down a notch, but not whenever 
we saw Herbert enter the league whenever he entered the league with Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville or Houston this weekend, Chad? I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to go uh, Houston. Houston at home? To get the sweep. Yeah, I think Houston wins at home. We've got wrong team favored coming up for college football. Pick some winners. Davey's on a roll. Chad's got, uh, well. I'm going to roll too. It's just the uh, reverse. Yeah. I'm going in reverse. I'm going down the hill. It's hard to go winless in I'm this in, too. I'm in neutral sliding you have back. To try. I'm the Lions, baby. I'm going, re- I'm going perfect in reverse. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on. Short week, getting into the Thanksgiving Day festivities tomorrow. And Chad, hopefully uh, the week has been as fast-paced it's been for our viewers and listeners as much as it has been for us. It's been a fruitful week, Hunt. Bountiful, sure. much like our Thanksgiving feast. What do you uh, – I'm going to get into this first. Let's do it. Ohio State, Michigan. Okay. What what actually happens in this game to where we stop talking about the sign stealing? Is it just a simple loss or is there more to it than that? Here I guess here's what I'm going to I don't think we're going to stop talking about it regardless if they of what stop, happens. But if they lose and they don't make the college football playoff, if they're not representing the Big 10, what whatever you want to say here. Do the leaks stop trickling out? about this story because I, I think I think it slows down a bit if they lose and they're not in the mix for the championship I I do think the NCAA had Tony Petiti's ear in this I do I, maybe, maybe it slows down I don't think it stops anything um, I don't think anything's I think this game is just going to confirm one side's victory in all of this one way or the other Michigan wins the argument is, told you it wasn't that big of a deal, told you it was overblown, didn't even need your signs, yeah. won with an interim head yeah, coach. Ohio State sucks. If That's Ohio State wins, flag. it's you cheated to get the last two wins. And you've cheated the last few years, and that's why you've been as good as you've been. But but the, that's but the, be the narrative argument. with Ryan Day will be okay. Now beat Michigan with Jim Harbaugh on the well, sideline. Let me, and that that will continue. Can but we go that ahead? Will, that will be massive. Um, Ohio State's not winning this game. I don't think so either. So I, I, you know where I stand on this. I, I, don't, I, think think Michigan's lo- I don't think the, Michigan's losing this game. I think Michigan's the better team. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Michigan's going to win this game, and it's just going to lead to more disappointment from Ohio State with Ryan Day head to head, but not even head to head because Jim Harbaugh's not going to be on the sideline for this game. So it, it's going to look. There's going to be a lot of uncomfortable feelings from both sides from the, the losing side of this. Regardless, I'm gonna. I got one other. Uh, segue with this matchup, but I'm bringing Davey on just the the feel and the the tenor of if Ohio State wins versus Michigan. What do you think, Davey? Well, I just wanted to add that if Ohio State does win, Ryan Day's not going to have to worry about the Jim Harbaugh uh, being on the sidelines moving forward because he's not going to be back. And even if he was, I would anticipate he's probably going to be suspended next year. So you're pushing that, you're kicking that can down the road for another two years. I I just don't see that happening. I I think Michigan's ultimately going to win. There's going to be more physical but I would like to see Ohio State win this just because I think that will generate some more interesting storylines. So uh, one final question, because I want to bring it up before the game happens. Marvin Harrison Jr., if he goes off in this game, is he going to win the Heisman Trophy? I think he will. 
and I've been I've been saying this for weeks. Wait until what, think about the voters here. There are nine hundred plus of them, and every one of them will be watching this game, and none of them really has a consensus on which quarterback they're voting for. If he does go off and then has an incredible Big Ten championship. I could see that, but I mean, you would need an epic level of play for both these next two games for him. Yeah, I'm going to see the odds right now. Where, where he's he plus ranks four thousand on DraftKings. Well, he's like fourth or fifth in the odds, though I believe. He's right there, and and some he of these quarterbacks is, are not going to be playing next week. He is. Um, I'm at Bet MGM right now. He's fourth. Okay. Bo Nix plus one ten. Jaden Daniels plus one forty. Michael Penix Jr. plus five hundred. Huge drop-off to Marvin Harrison Jr. plus 3,000. And a huge drop-off from Marvin Harrison Jr. to those quarterbacks as far as eyeballs for voters this weekend. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those top three in the end. It's going to be my vote. See, I think that they could vote, they could cancel each other out. And then you still have Harrison Jr. that gets enough first-place votes. Just based on this. Plus, he's playing for the team the, that everyone, consensus-wise, just uh, no, you know, no dog in the fight. You want... If you don't like what Michigan's been doing, you want to see Ohio State win, and that's how they win is with him. I think that there's going to be some people that if if he's the one that single-handedly goes crazy and defeats Michigan, that's going to be kind of the justice vote that has a problem with Michigan that says a Heisman voter, hey, this guy ended Michigan's unlawful reign, so I'm (laughs) going to go for – it's going to be some of that. You're right. Uh, But I, I think ultimately it'll be one of those three quarterbacks. I'm rooting for Michael Penix Jr. to be the guy. We saw a quarterback win it by default last year. Uh, I, you know, I, I think we could see the same thing at wide receiver. I mean, just let's take a second also, because we're talking about all the big games, and we should be. Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy a year ago, came back, was on an offense that averaged 44 points per game, and they went 7-5. Seven 7-5. and five. Seven and five. <laughs> That is awful. Not many no people are one talking could about have it. expected that from Lincoln Riley in year two. That's just crazy. Also crazy is the fact that Chad could go winless in our competition for wrong team favorite. He's not. It, it he's looks not, far though. worse when I see your you guys' record. Like so, this is not an easy game to pick an outright winner with, with a point spread. But the fact that Davies five and seven and you're seven and five, those are also. Granted, my record is horrendous. You no. guys have really good records for this competition. I just want that on the record. Thank We're you, talking Pat. records right now. I want on the record that you guys have done exceptionally well, while I have not won a single game. I've been close recently. You've been close recently, but I'm not. I've I'm been not, close the last I'm two weeks. I'm not picking outright winners recently. I lost on a last minute and a half touchdown for 27 points this past week, and I lost for 10 points on a last second field goal the week before. So. I realize both quarterbacks are out in the game I'm picking here. But wrong team favored for me. I'm going with Florida. Um, and I'm they're right now plus six and a half at home against Florida State. Just because I don't know how FSU responds without Jordan Travis. If they win out, I'm sitting here saying they should be in the college football playoff. But I don't think they will be uh, unbeaten. And it's because of... Jordan Travis being out. Yes, I'm predicting and projecting how they'll be without him. They have a chance to prove us wrong, and we can't project how they'll be in the college football playoff by winning two games. But I've seen Florida play well recently. I'm surprised by that, by the way, yeah. about how they competed against Missouri. And their offense has looked better. Um, it's looked good. But also down their quarterback. So I'm taking the Gators at home. I'm taking Billy Napier, which scares me a bit. 
they went outright against their rival, the Seminoles, and they stake their flag into the fact that Napier's back and there's no controversy moving forward. So um, is it my turn to pick my, my loser yeah. for this yes, week sir. to go to 0-13? Um, South Carolina's at home. I think Shane Beamer, he has this uncanny ability of sort of pulling the rabbit out of the hat when you're least expecting it, when you think things aren't going great. That was an ugly game against Kentucky, but they find a way to win at home. I still don't think Clemson's that good. I think they're more talented, but this game is in Columbia. They're going to have a decided home field advantage. That place can get really loud. I like the seven points uh, for South Carolina and winning at home and getting bowl eligible for a third time in three seasons uh, for Shane Beamer. I think they win at home and get bowl eligible again. Are we allowed to uh, just put on the record the game you wanted or initially had a gut feeling about? My initial gut feeling was, and this was in the go big or go home was, category. And you said, I just have a feeling. Was Vanderbilt oh. over Tennessee for, for 27. But the more I really looked at it, I thought, <laughs> man, Vandy has not shown much not at all at all this season. And while Tennessee has looked really bad the last couple of weeks, they have run the ball against mediocre to bad competition consistently throughout the year. Um I would kind of expect that to happen again in this game. But I, I, I am glad that we've got this clip now. So if Vandy beats Tennessee, you guys know, and now everyone else knows, that was my initial pick for wrong team favorite. Funeral service on Monday. Well, if we're going for things we think might happen that is th- not our official I think we should pick. draft three, and then we just, if any of them hit, <laughs> we take the winner. Davey's been on a roll here. I've I've been fortunate. I, I will agree with that. I do think so one of humble. the so humble, Davey. Yes, the been very fortunate. I you need to watch out for goes out to the Pac-12, and the first two teams I will mention. I'm not picking these, but I'm just saying you got the Civil War, Oregon and Oregon State. I think something crazy is going to happen there, and then you got the Apple Cup, Wazoo versus Washington. We'll see. But I'm actually going with the territorial. I, th- I think that's what they call this rivalry the territorial rivalry, Arizona State versus Arizona. I've got Arizona State. They're 10-point dogs. I think Kenny Dillingham's going to be able to get it done. And the word is we could see Jaden Rashada return for them. You know, the quarterback, we talk about his time where he accepted like an $11 million NIL deal to go to Florida. Things went south with that. He ended up ultimately at Arizona State in Tempe. Arizona also just struggles in Tempe. They've not won a game there since 2011. And outside of last year, Arizona State had won five straight. I think it's going to be a closely contested game. It's one of those you throw out the records when these two teams meet. But Arizona will ultimately lose to the Sun Devils. And so that's why I am going with Arizona State plus 10. I like, I like uh, Arizona State there. Do you guys like that's my a strong pick? 10? <laughs> um, do you, or, do you, or am I going 0 for 13? I think you're going 0 for 13. Yeah. You've got to win outright. Yeah, i got to yeah. win outright. I think Clemson Beamer's got to get it done. Yeah, I think Clemson's going to be motivated this year. Can I give you another one that I like? Through the science doing yeah. allegations. Uh, someone in here said it too. For a, a big one, I like BYU at Oklahoma State, 17 and a half. They treated you well yet last week. They didn't win outright, That's but they treated you well. Big difference, though, in Provo versus away from Provo. But um, I thought about that one too. It's a Friday game, I think game, it was right? Colin who said, who mentioned that was one. Was it a Colin? It was a Colin special. I think that one's actually Saturday. I think Oklahoma plays Friday. Time for uh, NFL Eliminator. Uh, Davey's got the first pick this week, and uh, he suffered a recent loss, but we all won uh, in week 11. 
uh, headed into week 12. We've got some Thanksgiving uh, games and some teams that will be featured here. Yeah, real simple. Guys, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. They're a 12.5-point favorite over the Washington Commanders. I just don't like what I see from Washington. I know it's a divisional matchup, but I think the Cowboys will be able to handle them. And so it'll probably be close. I would probably take Washington to cover, but that's not what matters here. And boys are going to get the W on Thanksgiving. Uh, give me the Ravens on the road against the Chargers. Uh, Staley is being defensive about his defense. I can't wait to see what he says about what Lamar Jackson ends up doing. To be very defensive about that defense when Lamar carves them up. Yes. Boys, I would take the Detroit Lions if they sucked on Thanksgiving Day. This is a team that shows up on Thanksgiving no matter what almost every single year, even for most years where the Lions are terrible. It's always a compelling Thanksgiving Day. They're better than the Green Bay Packers. They get it done at home. Give me my Detroit Lions for the win. Something I've actually won at this year, the Eliminator picks, unlike wrong team favored. Um, NFL moneymaker lock for me, take the Panthers plus four. That's as it, as it sits right now. Um, both teams love the field goal, especially the Tennessee Titans who couldn't even get one last week. Um, they settle for those. It's a field goal game either way. And uh, I believe Will Levis returned to practice today. He did not practice yesterday. There's a storyline there, but we could see Levis and Bryce Young face off on Sunday. We likely will. What? And uh, give me the give me the points there for the Carolina Panthers with my lock. I got a bet before the season started. Titans minus one. Should I cash out? Oh, you can take that. Okay. They could win on last second field goal. Nick Folk is good from fifty. Yeah, they're gonna get Chad? big time field goal game in that one. Uh, Black Friday game, uh, give me the Dolphins minus nine and a half. Um, this thing is not going to be competitive. Uh, I think that's a low line, quite frankly, even though Jets defense really good. Timmy Boyle, not going to get it done. Probably better than Zach Wilson, though. But give me Dolphins minus nine and a half. Winning by double digits. Guys, I'm going to go with the Raiders plus eight and a half. I mean, Hutt, you gave some great stats in your one big thing about how the Chiefs have really struggled to score. And if that's the case, it's going to be a low-scoring affair. And I anticipate the Raiders being able to make it a one-possession game. They're not winning, but they will cover. Raiders plus eight and a half. Tim Boyle in college in his thir- 19 games over three years. One touchdown, 13 interceptions. The stats at UConn. It's not... Um... And Not ideal. Zach Wilson. Not ideal. Zach Wilson at BYU, uh, a bit better than that. Yeah, Tim can probably Slightly. take the field without falling Tim Boyle's uh, always – I think Tim Boyle started for the Lions one year on Thanksgiving Day, Chad. Probably, you, you probably I bet, think you're right, you, yeah. You probably bet with the Lions with Tim Boyle. I think Timmy Boyle won me some money one Thanksgiving Day with hey, the Lions. Thankful for all of our, our viewers, uh, listeners, all of you uh, season ticket holders to Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Thanks to the crew here in Nashville as well. Always getting done. Chad, cheers. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving. Thankful for all you guys. Have a great, blessed Thanksgiving. We'll be back at it on Monday, right? We are. We're back Monday. We'll be back Monday. On the Outkick Network. Cheers, everyone.